0: to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
1: Leafs Nation post game. Brent Gunning, Gord Stalik here to wrap up a unfortunately a Leafs loss at home. Five three is the final for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Once again, these two teams playing right down to the wire. Uh, you know there there are plenty of storylines to take out of tonight, but but for me, it's kind of as simple as man that Andre Vasilevsky. He's pretty good in net. Uh, Gord, what what about you? What were your big takeaways from a five three Lightning win tonight?
0: Yeah, that man, that Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, you think about it. Uh, he was picked in the first round. Only two goaltenders were picked in the first round that year. Malcolm Subin, about five picks later, who is yet to establish himself anywhere. And now, you know, uh, been traded what to the Buffalo Sabres. So, Andre Vasilevsky for sure. The other one, a little bit quieter. Kind of the smiling assassin type that, obviously, you're at home. So, there's not a ton of fans that are Toronto area fans that are happy about Tampa Bay Lightning's win. But there's a lot of Stephen Stamkos family, friends, and fans. One goal, three assists, four points. That's been really one of the big storylines is that, you know, with all, with Kucherov out and now with great health, Steven Stamkos has been, you know, back to the old Steven Stamkos, which means he always plays well at Air Canada Centre, now Scotiabank Arena. I, I like the way the game went. You know, Leafs get a goal early. They get one with what was seven seconds left in a period as well, those kind of killers. And some sloppy defensive plays by the Leafs, and then even though it's not like a 2-1 game to your point, some big gays by Vasilevsky. But uh, hey, I, I like to compete to the end of the Maple Leafs last, last time against Tampa Bay, they tied it up late uh, in the last minute of the game regulation and won it in overtime. And they were doing everything to try to do that again. Yeah, they they were a lot of pressure late, Uh, and it
1: it felt to me like a game where the Leafs did carry the play for big, long chunks of it, but when you have a team that's as accomplished and as experienced as the Lightning are, you make those three or four mistakes in a game, and and they can make you pay, and you know, I'd say the goaltending matchup tonight was actually a lot like goaltending matchups we've seen in this city in the playoffs before, where Jack Campbell wasn't bad by by any means, but he just wasn't stealing the game tonight, and and not the Vashilev Necessarily had to, but I mean, he he was he was kind of the difference uh, for me to pick up on your Stamkos point. Yeah, I think I think there was once a time where a lot of people thought he'd be having nights like this in this market for the right team wearing blue and white, not the team that just copied the Leafs jerseys and said, "Yeah, we'll we'll have that too down in Tampa." I mean, you know, he was he was one of many in the long line of will he or won't he? Will they come home? You know, Rick Nash, of course, Steven Stamkos, Javarez finally came here, but yeah, anytime anytime Stamkos. Is in this building and has a night like that. It's going to be a topic of conversation, and you know I think he gets a ton of respect, rightfully so, because of who he is as the captain of the back-to-back Cup champs. But I also think, man, it's just like this is this isn't the best version of his career that could have played out. He's been bit by the injury bug so many times, and it's just uh it's it's nice to see him have that night. But uh, to to dive back uh, to to the Leafs here for a second, I, I guess the other big story is what ended up. And yeah, we're I'll talk about the officiating a little bit, but I'll park it. For for now uh the the D pairs, you know they they switch the bottom t uh, bottom two D pairs there uh hall ends up on a pair with rubens then you have lilligrin getting the bump with muzzin uh you know that that muzzin hall pair has struggled a lot more this year than than we kind of thought possible um you know what did you make of the move by keith to to basically just just swap uh swap hall with lilligrin there
0: yeah, and, and just you know, one thing you you talk about Stamkos' memories. He's in the sixth year of that eight-year contract he signed. Remember that the Incredible. eight-year contract, yeah. <laughs> and when well, a lot of us were hoping and and uh, that he would come to Toronto. Yeah, the the D pair uh, they struggled tonight, right? And they weren't a pair. They struggled tonight. I didn't I didn't mind the switch. In we've talked about it before that it's been wonderful with Sandin and Lilligren for him to be able to play two newer defensemen together as a pair, and they seem to have no problem. I think he with the Tampa Bay Lightning being the two-time Stanley Cup champion, I think that probably factored into his decision that you, that you you want to protect the new guy with with more of a veteran player. I I just think that would have been a factor. And 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 to her point, kicking it off, there was there was an element of. Like, the Columbus game, there was so much impressive in the Columbus game, the way the Leafs started, the way they took the 3-0 lead. But what wasn't impressive at all was the last four minutes. And um got sloppy defensively. It was a selfish pinch by Lilligren that led to the first of the two late goals by Columbus. And I thought there were parts of where they kind of unfortunately picked that up for chunks of tonight's game. Because like you mentioned, Brent, uh, it was about um, this – like, here, you're, you you play great. It's a good effort. But – what they'd gotten away from was shooting themselves in the foot and making, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, like, the, the vision part, like the vision. Like, see the ice. They've been seeing the ice great, making the smart plays, uh, not the big giveaways. And tonight there were way more turnovers and, and those kinds of things that went on. And that factored in, in a couple of cases, Tampa Bay's goals. And, you know, you're going to play really well against Tampa Bay. Last time you won playing really well. This time, uh, that's, that's going to come back to haunt you if you're going to do that, even though you're giving a great effort. And it's it's kind of
1: really simple what it what it kind of comes down to, right? I mean the the last two Tampa goals, the the Taylor Radish goal, TJ Brody bobbles the puck. You know Morgan Riley reverses that puck to TJ Brody a thousand times. He's gonna get it out 995, and you know the guy who has been arguably the most solid D man since he's come here, TJ Brody. He he has a bobble and that that turns the puck over, and all of a sudden it's in it's in the back of the net. And then the play before that, uh, Muzzin turns it over at the Blue line, him and Hall kind of get crossed up in terms of who's taking which forward, and, and again, it's it's in the back of the net. I know I know Nylander also had a turnover on that on that second lightning or third lightning goal as well. But it's just it, it, a team like that will really, really, really force you to take advantage. You know, do you think this is something that beyond tonight we'll see any change to the d pairs? We know Sandine's not going to be here for you know it's not nearly as bad as as we once thought, but we know he's going to be out for for at least a couple of weeks here. Do you think there's a world where where Hall and Rubens are playing together on on Saturday or do you think they kind of go back to to the pairs we we've seen after tonight
0: yeah you know Mitch is out longer than we initially thought and Sandine is as to your point it's a little better than we were feared seeing the knee on knee so positive news um that's a good question I I I, I you know I don't uh, I, I would like, uh, if you're going to do that, maybe a bit more of a commitment to giving it a try and seeing how it goes. Uh, I think uh, he's been very good about being reactive and you know changing things up and changing on the fly and trying to gauge what's working, what's not working. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks uh, nice win tonight against Montreal. I mean, everyone beats Montreal. I more mean it's nice because <laughs> if there's, it's kind of like the Buffalo Saber fans the other night. They lose two nothing, but they had to love you know the the Zegras Sunny Milano uh, shenanigans on that goal. And here you got Mark Andre Fleury getting his career 500th win in Montreal and getting a phenomenal ovation as a visiting goaltender, right from his uh, home province. So there was a, a nice note that way. But uh, to uh, I I would off the top think maybe maybe you know. Stick with this a bit. There were positives in it, and you know, really, it wasn't it wasn't the kid that was making the full positive. No. <laughs> it was Justin Hall or it was Jake Muzzin. So, uh, so, so I would I would see him sticking with it a bit. I think. Yeah, that that's what I would I would think you,
1: you see as well. I, I think Lilligan's a guy who it, it's the <laughs> ultimate young defenseman. Right, you're going to play with fire, and sometimes you're going to go, "Wow, that's a nice big flame." I liked what you did with that. And other times you're going to go. Uh, where are your eyebrows, young man? Did you play with fire and get a little burned? He got burned on the pinch in Columbus tonight. He, he pinches on, on the goal that, that pulls the leafs within one there, the, the Kasha goal in, in the third. So I, I do think that it's a guy who kind of, I don't know what he is yet. You know, I think, I think young NHL defensemen are the hardest thing to kind of figure. I mean, goaltending, of course, but in terms of position players, you know, defensemen, it just takes a little more time to, to be certain about what you've got. And I, I, I definitely think there's a world where you, you we could see him up in the lineup a little, and and again, it's it's just as much to do with Justin Hall's struggles as it's as it's been to do with with you know Lilligren being great. Uh, the other young D you mentioned, it wasn't him making the mistakes. I I know he got the penalty uh, late in the third period. That that feels like pretty bad luck more than anything else. Ruben's kind of fishing for the puck, and he he takes the tripping penalty. But uh, outside of that, I thought there were you know more more good moments than than bad from him tonight. Again, for a guy who is supposed to be something like your eighth D
0: yeah yeah no exactly and you know another one to focus on that was kind of interesting uh, at the end of the game because last time at the end of the game against Tampa Bay was one of the most exciting you know finishes tying it up in the waning seconds and then winning and tying it up with the goaltender pulled. so you know first the Leafs got a little confusion pulling the goaltender, right? There was a little they confusion. Tavares and and Kashi come on at the same time, and the point was being that a, a forward and a defenseman were supposed to go off, but the defenseman didn't quite read it, so there was a delay. Now, again, it didn't cost them. Then, because play carried on to the end, there wasn't a chance to argue about the what should have been an icing call, okay? Because, you know, mm-hmm. again, they got the puck back, but that one sh- should have been an icing call. And then, God love Steven Stamkos So, four points tonight, but on the empty net goal and um, you and I we have this discussion quite a bit and I think you and I are, l- are a little more in agreement than debating other people about mm-hmm. it but I, I, I think icing it is the most selfish move when you're only up by one goal and I, I know there's uh, a, apparently there's an analytic formula that just says you're better off doing it the odds are I, I sorry I don't agree and Steven Stamkos had that puck in his own zone and he had a chance to ice it and take that chance, and he did what I love people doing. You know, no, he made sure he got out of the zone tidy, and he ends up getting the second assist on Palat's easy tap-in empty netter. And I just thought that was a veteran-savvy experience. Uh, if he would have whacked it down the ice, uh, better chance it would have been an offensive zone face-off for the Maple Leafs. So uh, Steven Stamkos uh, using that veteran, the veteran smarts also at the end of this game.
1: Well, but I mean, as you saw, apparently icing doesn't exist uh, in the final minutes when the Leafs are trailing. So maybe you should have just shot it and they would have forgot to blow the whistle again. Uh, I agree with you. I'm with you there, especially for either of these teams. Like, let's say it was the Leafs with a one-goal lead. I don't think you want to be playing with fire, icing the puck, and giving Tampa a chance to set up in the offensive zone. And Tampa should feel the exact same way uh, about Toronto. I I have to pick up on on that missed icing call. It's it's missed icing. It's fine. Like, in the grand, grand scheme of things, like you said, Muzzin got the puck. They got back possession. They had some more chances before the game was over. In the grand scheme of things, like it's really not that big a deal. But just the overwhelming lack of consistency right after that play. I don't know if you saw this. They, they didn't make that big of a point of it on, on the broadcast. But Tavares got absolutely dumped with a cross-check in the high slot to the point he went flying across the screen. And I had to rewind to see what happened there. No call. And again, it's the dying minute. Okay, I understand. Then you have Andre Kasha called for the tickiest tack of trips which I suppose is a makeup call uh, for Pierre Belmar not or not getting called when he got a high stick in the mouth from Morgan Riley but earlier in the game you have two guys doing to Kerfoot on a breakaway what Kasha did and he got called for a trip like it's just I I would love to one day in a one goal game come on here and not have to worry and I can let one or two missed calls go but it just feels like there is There is just no rhyme or reason and no consistency. And honestly, Gord, it's just, it's driving me nuts.
0: Well, it's uh, it it is part of the game, and uh, as you know, and uh, there's games that are officiated very uh, uh, quietly, competently. Maybe they felt because the Leafs. Let's on the positive, uh, Leafs were 67% on the faceoffs, but also two for two on the power play. And you know, maybe maybe they felt. So that's maybe as they should have goal That's how many power play goals are allowed. I, I uh, <laughs> uh, again, I'm not. I'm. Uh, we've we've talked about Sunday's game, and again, Winnipeg Jets deserve to win Sunday's game. So we talked about the officiating there, and. And, yeah, there's moments where you kind of quietly just don't notice it. And tonight, yeah, I I have to agree it has its moments. But also the the worst moments were the Maple Leafs flubs against the two-time Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, and that—that's the thing, right? You don't have those turnovers we
1: talked about. TJ brody doesn't bobble the puck. Jake Muzzin doesn't have his, his bobble. Justin Hall and Muzzin aren't on the ice for three goals against in the first two periods. Yeah, we don't need to talk about any of these missed calls. Like I always—and that's always the problem I have in—in in terms of talking about it, because I never want to talk about it. I mean, if I feel like it's an issue that legitimately costs the Leafs a game, yes, I will say that, and I will not be shy about voicing that. But I never want to be talking about the officials in a. Way to simply let this team off the hook. The Leafs didn't lose tonight. I want to be so clear about that. They didn't lose tonight because the refs missed a call here or there. They lost tonight because the Lightning are an excellent team and will bury you if you give them a chance. And Andre Vasilevsky exceptional. Like that. That's why I uh, I, I lost. Uh, I, or I feel the Leafs lost tonight. I don't think it was anything to do with officiating. Like I want to be clear. Yeah.
0: And and last year that really started getting credit that you're saying. Okay, we always knew about the Tampa Bay Lightning being a great team, and we knew about that debacle. that I mean Stanley Cups are what you what you, what you play for but uh, really probably a more difficult achievement was that was that regular season for the ages I mean it really was but it ended up being a disaster because they got swept by Columbus in 4 and then they they bounced back and they win the back-to-back cups and I think a lot of people have been enlightened about Vasilevsky just doesn't give them good goaltending. He is as good a goaltender, if not the best goaltender, in the league. Like, so wait, they got all these guys going. They got a defense, you know, <laughs> core that starts with Hedman. Uh, they got, you know, forwards that can withstand the loss of Kucherov in back-to-back seasons on and on. And then you got the bloody best goaltender in the world. And, uh, you know, you go back to drafting, drafting, drafting. And they got a lot of picks, as we know, in the second, third round. The the, the Braden points, uh, the Tyler Johnson, who's now with Chicago, um, the Palats, uh, the Kucherov Pucherov's were not first-round picks, on and on. But whatever it was that year, the scouts said, look, we're not picking in the top five, six, seven. I think it was 17th or 16th, whatever it was. Uh, this guy's too good to pass up. We have to have that goaltender from coming within. And I know with the Maple Leafs, that's been a, a constant, constant void there. But hopefully Joe Wall can be, you know, maybe that kind of guy coming from within that can play in the NHL. But boy, you really see that whoever was scouting and was able to uh, assess that, you know, kind of like Carey Price when he was picked so high by the Montreal Canadiens, just these Marc-Andre Fleury, who gets his 500th win tonight and was the first overall pick. Like certain goaltenders that, that, that you got to go out uh, you don't like to spend a first-round pick for goaltenders. I don't know why Why teams hesitate to do that. Maybe the scouting is less perfect for goaltenders. I don't know. But uh, you that's a first-round pick well, well, well spent for Vasilevsky.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the other the other thing about it with, with a goaltender like that is whenever you have a goalie who's part of a dynasty like that, you know, we, we could think back to, okay, whether you want it, we can quibble about the word dynasty, but you think back to those great Red Wings teams. I don't know that like Osgood ever got the credit he always should have or a Vern, like it just... And now you have a guy in Vasilevsky who, again, because we sit there and we look at how good the team around him is, we say, well, yeah, he's the best goalie, but I don't think we actually... Really, give him credit for that. I think Flurry gets it because he had all the World Junior memories, and he has those built-in memories with Canadian fans. That maybe here in this country, we we do give him that credit, even though he was on those loaded Penguins teams. But it feels like with a guy like Vashilevsky, just because of how how much talent there is around him in Tampa, we we all respect him and we give him his due. But it really, really doesn't. Uh, it, it really doesn't seem to go quite quite the same way like it would for I don't know just, like think about the way we talk about Jack Campbell in this market and it, it feels like Vashilevsky can almost fly under the radar with, with how dominant he is sometimes
0: no it, exactly exactly and it is funny about Detroit because the only guy that got his due was Dominic Hasek of That's all great. those goaltenders, but you know, different uh, you know, different teams you can win with different goaltenders. Others have the stud like Tampa Bay does uh, in winning two consecutive Stanley Cups. Uh, L.A. did with Jonathan Quick and winning two. Uh, in Chicago, there were two different goaltenders for the three cups, and there was you know a bit of a debate about Corey Crawford's abilities at one point. But uh, uh, I I like to think that. Jack Campbell uh, is – and, and I, thought for, I thought Freddie Anderson was the goaltender capable of doing that. He flat out didn't do it in the playoffs. He just didn't. Uh, and wish him all the best, and he's playing really well in Carolina. So, you know, can Jack Campbell, you know, be that guy? Not, not, the, not the Vezina Trophy winner, though, man, I don't know. He's, at some point he's probably going to get some consideration. But uh, the guy to give you good enough uh, playoff goaltending. And, you know, you have to think uh, for the Leafs it's refreshing to think he can.
1: You have to think, you have to think uh, that that is definitely, definitely uh, in the cards. Again, just a quick rundown of tonight's game. It is a 5-3 loss at home to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Andre Kasha with a pair of goals, William Nylander with the other, and uh, Andre Palat uh, scoring a couple of times. The Andres getting it done, and someone who always gets it done for us, our buddy Luke Fox. Luke, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing okay. Not as good as that segue, though. That was, that was beautiful, Gunner.
1: Thank you. You know, I, you know, we all we all do what we do. Michael Bunting digs in the dirt, and I I wonderfully welcome guests uh, on the radio. Uh, you know, something Gordon and I were, were we're talking about tonight. I think the big kind of storyline coming out of tonight's game is the flipping uh, of the D pairs. There, what do you what do you make of the idea of Lilligrand getting the bump? You know, Hall and Muzzin have struggled all year long. Do you think that this is now the time where they maybe look at really shaking up those pairs, or do you think Saturday night we're we're back to seeing Hall and Muzzin alongside one another?
2: Well, the way uh Sheldon Keith framed it when he was asked that question, I think we're probably back there um to the to the regular pairings. I think that's what he wants to have work um but it was interesting, right He said you know the execution of uh the defenseman as a whole wasn't good but you know that that pair in particular they were on for the first three goals against and then all of a sudden they get split up i mean it's it's pretty evident that, that that's what uh assistant coach uh, dean Chanuth wasn't wasn't happy with um, yeah i mean they they had a really rough go and just too many too many turnovers and the fact that they happened in the, the neutral zone and e- even after the morning skate going into this game the maple leafs were talking about how good the lightning are in transition how you can't feed their speed and and feed their offense and that's exactly what they did early on and they dug themselves in a hole and and that was the game they're trying to play catch up from then on out Um, and you know just you wonder about um, Hall's confidence a little bit and I think you wonder about Muzzin's foot speed Um, the fact that he's under contract here for quite a while so I don't think it's a bad play um, especially when there was a good reason to mix it up to to see what what they look like um, Lilligren actually played with Muzzin all through training camp not all through but through the first half of training camp so they, they have some reps together um, and I thought Lilligren had a had a decent game you know I think he's been playing pretty well not you know spectacular but I think he's been solid so I wouldn't mind seeing what that looks like
0: yeah, and to the point you're both making, when you split those D up, you're hoping the veteran helps the kid, and really it's the other way around. The two veterans struggled whether <laughs> together or, or split up, and and you know, and and to me that's going to be the challenge, Luke. That. Uh, tonight's a great example. Hey, this is the gold standard, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Leafs have all kinds of offense. Jack Campbell's been giving them excellent goaltending. It's the D that has really, the, and I mean the overall D, but the defense score especially, that's really surprised me these last whatever number of games, you know, 17, 18 games, that's been the buy-in to it. But... You know, you saw with the last four minutes against Columbus, and then tonight, uh, it, re- it, it remains an Achilles heel when you're up against the best, and something that they have to continue to work on and hopefully grows. Yeah, and especially
2: tonight, I mean, I think that was absolutely the difference. I mean, you go into a game without Mitch Marner or without a guy who can chip in like Jason Spezza, and you get three goals, you got to get the win. Um, you know, you got to clamp down uh, against a Tampa Bay team that is without a lot of its weapons, you know, no Kucherov, no point. Um, You know, Anthony Sorelli was a game-time decision end up not playing. Like, that's a team that you're able to keep them to two. If you are, and you score three, you should win the game. Um, But you just can't give them freebies. And I think Keith put it really nicely um, in his his post-game press conference here. He said, that's the kind of stuff that we still have to get out of our game, those turnovers, that sloppiness in our own zone or in the neutral zone. And he's like, that other team, they got, it. They got rid of that. They got rid of it a couple of years ago. And that's why they're the, the champs. Um, so it's something that, that still plagues the Leafs a little bit. And you just wonder if they're going to figure it out or if if it comes closer to the trade deadline, they actually make a move because they haven't really been getting exactly what they want out of that um, hauled Muzzin pairing for two, I'd say two good stretches of the year at the beginning and now, and more recently as well.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that they're going to keep an eye on. It's definitely the topic of conversation. I'm hearing people uh, talk about, well, there's one other topic, and I've been told to make this a good question before we let you out. Michael Bunting, the the wonderful man from Scarborough, you know he's he's a he's played pretty well on that top line, and I knew he would be this worker B type. But I have to be honest, I'm pretty surprised at the kind of deft offensive touch he's showing. He had the wonderful uh, assist the other night on the Matthews goal. There were a couple of little you know quick touch pla- pass plays that he made tonight to Matthews. Are you are you at all surprised by the chemistry those two have seemed to have found? And for me, it seems like it's taken a a mini leap without Marner, and maybe it's just Bunting needing to be more of that that type of player w- without Marner on the line. W- what have you made of his play late?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's partly out of necessity. I mean, you add Wayne Simmons and all of a sudden Wayne Simmons kind kind of becomes the third guy, the guy that's just supposed to forecheck and, and gather puck retrievals and get it in the other guy's hands. And now Bunting has to be a little bit more playmaker just by, by default. Um, but I also think that there's a lo- uh, just grown sense of confidence, a grown sense of comfort on Matthew's wing. And honestly, these two guys have started spending a ton of time away from the rink together. You know, There's a lot of married guys, guys with kids on the team, and these guys mm-hmm. have struggled up a friendship and so I think that plays into it too you know you feel comfortable with the guy off the rink you're always chatting you're always talking maybe about stuff that isn't about the game but you're talking about strategy as well um, and they really seem to have found something here and you just ho- kind of hope it keeps going um, because that's been the major question I think even coming into training camp is who's going to play on the left wing on the top two lines and if Bunting can grab hold this spot and he seems like he has That'll be great for his career. It'll be great for
1: the Leafs. Man, uh, that second year at 900K keeps looking yeah. better and better and better. Uh, Luke, thanks so much for the time tonight, bud. Really appreciate it. All right. Have a great night, guys. Thanks.
0: There he goes, Luke Fox. Follow him on Twitter, at Luke Fox. whoa, 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 Fox, whoa. Read his piece on Sportsnet.ca. One question, one yeah. question and you got yeah. to throw – I texted you. I said, make it a good one He's if said. it's the last question. <laughs> it wasn't a bad one, but always bunting, 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 bunting. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha from my era of the Brady Bunch. Uh, no, anyway, it's... anyway, you can't. He's tough to ignore. He's tough to ignore. It's, uh, it's, it's one of been the real pleasant things. Andre Kasha, two goals tonight. As, uh, as uh, we've talked about many, many times. Luke, I know we're going to go to break in that and hear from Sheldon Keefe and our buddy Sam McKeel. Hop on, but just uh, I'm really digging. Digging the new guys. I'm really digging the new guys uh, on the Toronto Maple Leaf team. We sort of always focused on Nick Ritchie. He's still trying to, you know, wait to evolve into whatever role it is, but we're happy with the role he's playing right now and what he's accepted and the effort he gives. But uh, um, the other guys have really, really pleased me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Richie, the Richie experience. He finally got his goal the other night. You and I were in the building for it. Uh, crowd definitely appreciative. Nice big pop, uh, when he scored his first as a Leaf, uh, unable to find the score sheet tonight, uh, as the Leafs are 5-3. They fall at home to the Lightning. All right. What did head coach Sheldon Keefe make of that? We'll hear from him. Our producer, Sam McKee, he's gonna, he's probably going to either, uh, if I know him, Try to calm me down, but end up ramping me up about the officiating that we've been talking about. So we'll get our producer, Sam McKee, to slide in. We'll also hear from Sheldon Keefe. Uh, Plenty more to come on Leafs Nation postgame. You're listening on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Leafs Nation postgame. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick, alongside me. Producer Sam McKee poking around as well. Technical director Josh Santos making sure we're on the air. Five three is the final at Scotiabank. Uh, we let, let's let, let's di- let's dive right into it. Let's hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe.
0: Early turnovers kind of took away
2: from uh, the overall effort tonight, and if we can in a hole, it made it hard to come back from, especially against a team like
3: this. Yeah, pretty much sums it up. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't. You can't make those kind of plays, spot them three three goals at 5-on-5, five five. I mean, give them the power play goal, but the 5-on-5 five five goals are inexcusable. Those are gifts and It's a team like that. It's precisely what we talk about you know, before the game starts. And you, know, you give that team and that goaltender that kind of uh, support, and uh, it's going to be tough to climb out of. You know, I didn't think we played a, a terrible game by any means, but our guys worked hard we had our chances. You just can't give that kind of stuff up, you know, so decision making, execution with the puck very poor cost us. Taking the two games into consideration that you play
2: against Tampa and if everyone thought it would be a measuring stick for it to be back in this division, how do you
3: think we played? We did okay. I mean, I think you're showing we can play with anybody, that's it's not uh, that's I mean that, that's obvious. I think you know we were right there. Obviously last game we tied tied late to bring you know, to pull to it out and tight game. This one here, I mean, it's a tight game all the way through. And, uh, and despite the fact they're missing guys, I mean, they, they played hard. They, they played the game we thought they would in terms of counter punching. We make mistakes, and we made mistakes, and they made us pay. So um, I think the biggest thing, though, is just <clears throat> their team doesn't make those kind of mistakes. They got those mistakes out of their game. A few years ago, and we've won a couple of Cups since. Our team's gotta figure out what we want to give those things. What was your view after you changed the two defense personally seconded the best team for them? The I mean, it's just, you know, Dean that's just Dean's feel for it and how they're going. And, you know, obviously you got Rubens and the other two young guys in there, and kind of trying to manage working them in. And, uh, you know, the, other, the execution of the other guys, the puck play wasn't, wasn't great either, so. All the more reason to try to mix it up and keep guys a little bit fresher, pressure, at least, mm-hmm. see if that can help the execution. Do you like
2: what you see from Kasha with Setsa
3: and Martin? from the power Yeah, nice. Yeah, good player versus top players. Great goal that he scored. Um, also great on the entries and bringing the puck up the ice when we needed him to. So said a good job. He's a good player. Um, he's, he's able to buck holes for us when we needed him to.
2: What, what do you think
3: Ruben's game for two games here now? He's done a good job at times. thought there was times today he looked a little overwhelmed. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, he's a good guy. He got in the way a bunch here today. It was physical. He got some shots to the net. Uh, he's, he's done some good things. Good guys got, you know, obviously no experience you know, in the league. He's, uh, he's, done a, he's done a good job, I would say, with what, we, with what we'd expect. Um, you know, but he's still got some work to do to be a guy that's going to play here consistently. Do you see Logan taking
2: advantage
3: of maybe some more opportunities now? I, I think Logan's done a good job here. I don't know if I would say he's taking advantage. And I mean, I don't think he's off and running with it or anything like that, but he's 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 shown us that he can play and he can help us, you know, and no matter how we've used him or where, he, where he's played. Um, you know, I thought another guy today just thought his execution with the puck was just off today. I thought all of our defense for the most part, our execution was just off with the puck, um, you know, but uh, Lily's, you know, before injuries and everything had done a good enough job to stay in the mix, you know, and wanting us to, to keep them playing and, and sit other people out uh, in order to make that happen, so he's earning confidence here.
1: Oh, Sheldon Keefe, ever the coach. Has uh, Lilligren taken advantage? Uh, calm down. He's kind of done that. Uh, uh, always always tugging on the leash uh, a little bit. Uh, I like to hear from Keefe, though, especially his comments uh, about the Lightning there in terms of, yeah, they got those mistakes out of their games d- two years ago, and looks wh- look what happened to them. So, I mean, we talk about measuring stick, measuring stick, measuring stick. I don't know about that, but I think that's a perfect example to lay out for, I mean, us in the media, and definitely he's laid it out for his team as well.
0: Uh, no question, and I know. Keep in mind, I thought the that whole streak for the Maple Leafs, the two best wins were the Atlantic Division rivals, Tampa Bay and Boston. So the Leafs, you know, the Leafs did rise to the occasion after you know Sheldon Keith kind of said they weren't in Carolina's class, and uh, uh, that they started to get ready in the big in the deep end of the pool. They were able to play and. You know, tonight, just stating the obvious, Uh, it's it's really a one-goal loss. I mean, the last one was an empty netter, but you know, the the one-goal difference will be those kind of mistakes that you gotta you gotta get out of your game, like Tampa Bay has, if you if you want to hoist that mug.
1: Yeah, and I always like getting Luke on after the coach because it's like the trailer for Sheldon Keefe. He gives us like the real important lines uh, to to look for, and then uh, yes, we get to hear the full thing afterwards. Uh, somebody who is a big part of the program, hear him all the time on the wonderful program, Real Kipper and Born Producer Extraordinaire, Sam McKee. Sammy, how's it going, bud? Hey, fellas, how are we tonight? We're okay. You know, you know me. They, the 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 well, I was about to say the team in blue and white didn't win, but one of them did. So you know, always a little eh, but all, all things considered. Uh, Good hockey game against a good team. How? Uh, what were your takeaways? Uh,
4: my biggest takeaway from that game is definitely that Steven Stamkos was by far the best player on the ice tonight. And um, you know, it's you think back to the, the all the injury stuff that you talked about. You know, having the one shift in the in the final there where he scored, him being hampered, and you almost you don't think of him as an afterthought, but you kind of forget that he's Steven Stamkos. And I think you kind of alluded to that earlier in the show. But boy, oh boy, like it's going to be pretty tough to leave this guy off Team Canada. I I don't think there's any world in which he wasn't the best skater on the ice tonight.
0: I was blown away by him. I thought he was really, really good. Yeah, you know it, it comes down to uh, comes down to health, right? And uh, yeah. you know you're you're looking, hey, right after Nazem Kadri, who's fifth in the NHL in scoring now? Stephen Stamkos with his four points tonight. you had Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, Alexander Ovechkin, Nazem Kadri, and Stephen Stamkos, and uh, he'd had a Really healthy career, and then he had that um, you know that tough leg injury in a game against Boston years ago, and then remember he had the blood clot or some issue in his shoulder. Yeah. Like he just did, a, he just did a lot of different things. So uh, it's yeah, it's 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 great to see a uh, local guy, and uh, certainly and, and boy, Team Canada, I love the talk. I mean, I still really hope and believe we're going to the Olympics, but uh, uh, I said that earlier, Sam. Really, really with you. I got I got to throw one in too because you know a guy that is having even though least didn't win but their buddy Justin Bieber, you know, um, uh we see I heard the Tim's ad. So I don't know about you guys, but the Bieber bits, okay, whatever, you know, I so I go I go to the Tim's to pick up uh pick up stuff Bieber. Bieber, I go to pick up stuff for my mom at a, in a seniors residence. So all of a sudden there's people waiting around and I'm getting stuff and then they bring out like three trays of those 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 Bieber Tim bits, right? And it's like it's like tickets to the biggest. So all of a sudden, these people line up, you know. It's like the Beatles are in town. Yeah, and they're getting like 10 packs. And I remember this one. She was like a high school girl. And she said to the guy, she goes, hey, because you get 10. And there's three different flavors. And she said, which one did you give me four of? Like, what? Like, the guy's just trying, you know, whatever. So I, But he, he was polite and answered her. But, I, like, they've been waiting. And so, anyway, uh, the, the least Spell, Justin Bieber, now not only strong in music, uh, but also in, in, uh, in, in Timbit culinary delights. How about that? Oh you got you got two yeah. guys who are big fans of the Tim Beebs. Uh my
1: wonderful you, you were out doing the running around. My my wonderful wife surprised me with uh with a ten pack of Tim Beebs and they were uh they were wonderful today. Well, so I'm a big fan okay. of McKee. So I, for- I know I need to get out of your way for this one.
4: If we're going to keep talking about the Tim Beavs giving them plugs, I played a little <laughs> shitty today at um, George Bell stopped by a, for a cough at my local Tim's, and picked up a 10-pack of Tim Beavs as well today, boys. So it's a clean sweep on Lee Station Postgate with Tim There we Beavs. go.
0: Well, I was annoyed we, I, didn't uh... pick, I didn't pick them. I thought, would I be rude to ask after the fact as I'm waiting for the other food for my mom? So anyway, next time I'm, I'm going to be with the high school kids waiting till the three trays come well, out and uh, that way. So we, it, it's, you it's great to have rules in life you guys have so much in common. I'd just love to hear what
1: you guys would end up talking about there. So, uh, kids, uh, how's it going? Uh, yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be a, a sight to be seen. I would love to see you. Uh, and well, Hey, uh, the here, box, how about, there... how about, how about this for a plug? You, well, we will all get to yuck it up with the kids when we're down there for the young guns game on, uh, the day before mm. Christmas Eve, December 23rd. That's the next time we're back at the rink. How about that for a plug? Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, ap- um... Well, afternoon
0: game as well, a rare afternoon That's right. game and. uh It's going to, yeah, I, uh, that that yeah, those games have been interesting games. Remember a couple of years ago against Carolina, the Leafs were up three nothing, and then they gave a video tribute to Jake Gardner returning. It was so awkward because uh, you know Carolina's down three nothing, and they give this tribute to Jake Gardner six six minutes into the game, and then the Leafs came back and 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 uh, so then Carolina came back and made a game out of it. Man, those games are too interesting. So St. Louis it will be the one visit, and uh, yeah, Doug Armstrong, GM of Team Canada, uh, GM of St. Louis Blues. Um, looking forward to that that'll be a good after good good way to kick off and then say merry christmas to us and the listeners and a bit of a break for the toronto Maple Leafs. definitely those beaver boxes are apparently going for
1: lots of money boys so maybe don't throw in your trash next time okay oh there we go you're you're all over it you you uh you you have the the tips for us there uh okay um, yeah. you know Good Bieber chat. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Maybe we'll talk about uh, the game, the game here tonight. I I loved your point about Stamkos. He was flat out electric tonight. Uh, you know, I think I think actually, you know what, McKee? I I wanted to ask you about this because I think you're a good kind of foil for me. We're we're alike, but we're we're similar or we're different as well. What did you make of the officiating tonight? Like, I don't know if you caught the Tavares getting dumped by the cross check and the dying minute there it in the slot, and then there was the no call on Kerfoot, the call on Casha. I don't think, again, not the reason they lost by any means, but am I am I just looking for stuff to complain about at this point, or do I do I have a, a bit of a beef?
4: Well, I think Gunnar, you're always looking for something to complain about, so maybe this is true. That this is this. true, but okay, um, yeah, I just am so used to this, fellas. The, The 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 refereeing in the in the nhl listen it's hard it's a fast game fastest game on earth like trying to make these calls i don't, I don't envy these referees but it's so inconsistent on a night to night basis that it's just something that i get used to and listen and live with you know it was bad like that icing was bad but you know what there's lots of bad calls every night so it's like i just it's something that i don't even really think about that much unless it's a super egregious call in like a big playoff game or something but really on a night to night basis i really don't let it bother me too too much
0: I think it's probably the yes, right Yes, the word egregious, to, uh, egregious. It. That's yeah. the key, egregious, egregious. And uh, I didn't okay. think it was egregious, uh, uh, yeah, tonight. But uh, we appreciate you being vigilant about it, uh, Brent. Thank you. You know, you know. You're, you're, you're kind of our No, 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 he was thanking me for that. He was thanking me, McKee. You're 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 over mm.
1: there sitting on the fence, going, hey, "It's okay, it's not so bad." Not me. I've got, I'm on the fence, but I have the <laughs> binoculars and I've got the lookout. I am keeping an eye out there. I'm doing wonderful, micro or uh, binocular meming or, or miming right now. I wish mm. you guys uh, could, could see it. Um, in terms of in terms of the D shakeup, I mean, that feels like the biggest thing going forward. You've been somebody who you know, uh, both both privately and professionally, have been saying, eh, "What's going on with that second pair with, with Muzzin and Hall?" Uh, you know, I think. I think if there was an upgrade there they'd look to make it, but I also think they're kind of taking their time to see if one of Lilligren's Sandine can be that upgrade. That that's kind of how it feels like to me.
4: Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you guys have been saying and it it's tough to it's tough in the cap world, and especially in the least cap world, to really, you know, make any big additions without some sort of kind of big subtraction. I mean, I know they have um, Pridham in the front office there who's a wizard who literally invented the salary cap, so he maybe he could figure something out, but... I, I just don't know what the move is here. I, I think you kind of have to live with it. And Muzzin's on the big ticket for a long period of time. I, I think, you know, he'd been better for stretch, kind of like Luke was talking about, you know, in that in that stretch of games where they were just, you know, however many they had, re- they had rung off there, everybody was playing great. It was tough to find something bad about the team, but there were still sort of signs from Muzzin and Hall that they weren't necessarily clicking on all cylinders. And they've kind of gone back to that. I, I think... If you're looking for something to be a, a little worried about with this team, that would be the number one thing, right? Because I think all four forward lines look pretty good right now. You really like the contributions you're getting from your depth. Kasha looks like a like a diamond in the rough. I didn't think Richie was very good tonight, but he's been better for, for most of the nights here in the last little bit. Like, There's a lot of good things going with this team, but if there's one concern that you're going to really have, I think it'd be that second pairing, and I don't think I'm in the minority with that concern.
0: Well, it's uh, my big concern is Jack Campbell ever getting injured. Uh, hopefully, Peter Morazic oh, is healthy yeah. and is an NHL-caliber goaltender. And, you know, Saturday's game, it's the only visit of Chicago. And it, it, there's, it's there's—it's always hype around those games, even though Chicago is not mm-hmm. the three Stanley Cup champion Chicago. So uh, I, I'm excited to see that. What a big win. Mark, win number 500 for Marc-Rondé Fleury tonight. So I don't know whether they're going to stay in Montreal or come to Toronto tonight, but they can get here in enough time that I think this would be one of the nights, whatever, however you can cut Loose in COVID world, that the Blackhawks will, and uh, and uh, they're always pumped coming to Toronto, but they might be a little bit, I would say, letdown, but a little bit riper for the taking on Saturday. So this is where you know it's key for the Maple Leafs uh, after a loss, and this is not a horrible loss by any imagination tonight. But no. you know, you you more often than not get that bounce back. And Gunner, just quickly before we go there, fellas, um, it I think
4: Keith was talking about it today about Mrazek, and you know he played down in the AHL. And then Keith was talking about how they haven't had any really full practices to get him, you know, to see how he's going. But I would bet that if he has a good full practice Mm -hmm. tomorrow, that there's a chance we see him between the pipes on Saturday night versus Chicago. I don't have any insight like my boy Kipper, but I I do feel like there's a chance on Saturday we see Mrazik for the first time
1: since October 30th, fellas, against the Red Wings. If you were around Kipper right now, I would believe you have the insight because he has so much information coursing through him that you can actually pick it up like osmosis. Yeah, like or something. It's like those uh, balls at the science center. You just like hover your hand over it and it just goes right to you. Uh, That that's what it's like. But yeah, not around him tonight. I'm happy you brought that up because yeah, that's the thing I was gonna flag uh, as as we finish up here. I think there's a chance. I'm not uh, promising it by any means, but I definitely, definitely, definitely uh, think there's a chance. Gord, Sam, tons of fun. Doing the show with you. Uh, Leafs are back at it on Saturday. We'll be back with a post game pod. Thanks so much for listening to Leafs Nation post game.